The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. Today, we're producing the Welsh Wire in conjunction with our friends at the Family Business Alliance in Grand Rapids. And we're thrilled to have with us today, Kyle Cunnan. Kyle is the Information Security Officer at Mercantile Bank of Michigan. And Mercantile is a terrific underwriter of the Family Business Alliance. And Kyle, we are so glad to have you with us today on the Welsh Wire. Glad to be here. Uh, We know that October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and that's kind of why in this October podcast, we're going to talk with Kyle about cybersecurity and really kind of delve into the bad actors out there that are attacking businesses and holding them hostage, demanding a ransom, um, and how businesses can protect themselves from these attacks. Kyle's a bit of an expert in, in this subject, and Kyle's talked with us in the past about cybersecurity issues. Earlier this year, we talked about fraud together. Um, but now we're going to get into ransomware. But first, you know, Kyle, tell our listeners, if they if they missed that first podcast with you, tell them a little bit about who you are and how you came to be the information security officer at Mercantile Bank. Sure. Yeah. So I've been in banking uh, since 1993. So yeah, dating myself a little bit there. Uh, 27 years as a banker, I've been involved in the operational side of the bank uh, throughout that entire time, Um, just covering a lot of different uh, perspectives and areas from uh, the data processing, networking, uh, disaster recovery, and business continuity, which has uh, been a big impact uh, during this year with the pandemic and stuff, uh, trying to keep the business up and running. So uh, that mm-hmm. that's a big uh, big piece of uh, vendor management, uh, as well as uh, past past eighteen years, I've been the uh, information security officer. Um, so it, it's it's uh, been something a part of my life for for quite some time. Uh, cybersecurity has changed a lot in those years, uh, right. for sure, and uh, that's that's why we're having this conversation today. Right. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate uh, getting your perspective on, on ransomware and cybersecurity because you are a relative expert. Um, good for your customers to know, too, at, at the bank that they are in great hands uh, with you protecting all the information there at the bank. So, yeah. you know, for, for those who don't work in IT and may be a little unfamiliar with exactly what ransomware is, before we get started, Kyle, can you just define that for us? I mean, tell us, what is ransomware? Yeah. Real simple, ransomware is a form of malware that encrypts a a victim's files uh, and locks them up so that uh, you don't have access to them anymore. And then the attacker demands uh, a ransom to basically restore access to to your data so that uh, you can continue business as usual. Right. And if you've never experienced this before, it is one of those experiences that when it happens to you, you're going to know it instantly. 
your mind's going to go back to where you first learned about and said, aha, this is what it is. Having been a victim of it myself in my business, I know exactly what it looks and feels like. It's kind of a heart stopping, heart sinks into your stomach moment. Like, oh my goodness, what do we do now? It's pretty scary. How big of a problem is ransomware in general for, for companies? Yeah. So, you know, um, you can hear what I'm going to say, but you can definitely go and do this yourself and, and just do a Google search uh, on uh, ransomware, you know, losses for 2019, 2020, any of those types of searches, you're, you're going to get a lot of different information. But one of the common themes is the dollars are always represented in the billions. Wow. Um, an FBI report claimed losses um, reached $9 billion in 2019 related to 2,047 cases. Wow. However, um, that number does not include lost business revenues, wages, files, um, equipment, or third-party remediation costs, people who helped you, um, you know, clean up the mess, if you will. You know, so that number is probably really north of, of 9 billion. And I even saw a number of potentially 170 billion. So it all depends on what uh, what the expenses are, what the dollars that you're really trying to add up, and uh, right. you see that this is a a big a big uh, financial um, uh, thing. In yes. addition to that, the number of malware uh, variants that are used for these types of ransomware attacks continues to climb, mm -hmm. as attackers are constantly updating and tweaking their attack tools to accomplish this. Right. So you may be in a spot where you, you're protected today or you think you are, you think you're safe and tomorrow you may not be. Yes and no. I mean, and, and we'll get into that of like, what can you do uh, to protect yourself? You know, how concerned yeah. uh, should you be um, in that sort of thing? It sounds like we should be pretty concerned. I mean, those are some staggering numbers, but I, I bet there are still people listening today that think, well, you know, I'm a small operation. You know, that, that probably isn't a thing for me. No one's ever going to find me. No one's really going to care about what I do. Thankfully, I never thought that. Um, I, I did believe it could happen to me and had a, had some systems in place to, to take care of it when it did happen to me. But we're a small executive search and professional recruiting services firm. I don't know what the heck I have in my files that someone would want, but yet we had a ransomware attack. So... Let me say, how concerned for those doubters out there, how concerned should a business really be about ransomware? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head just to talking about yourself in the fact that um, unless you have zero connection with the internet, uh, like you are totally, totally unplugged, you're going to be at risk. And the reason being is that it just takes uh, one misstep and it can happen to you. It, it's an it's an opportunistic kind of approach. Yeah, sometimes there's targeted types of attacks related to this, um, where there's specific targets that somebody's going after, but there's also plenty of, of those that turn into where it's, it's just, uh, if they can lock you up and get you to pay, I mean, it can happen to consumers as well as it could happen to businesses. So this is, this is not just, uh, uh, it's only going to happen to the guy down the road kind of thing. Right. So true. And, and to give testimony to that, I'll just tell you a little bit of my personal example. 
I'm the one that brought that ransomware attack on the organization, not, not one of my employees. I was on the internet, honestly, doing research, competitive research. And, and I was on another firm's site. And I remember the click and the keystroke and boom, it exploded instantly. And it was very innocent. So it can happen sometimes when you just, even when you put, you think you have all the protocols in place. Um, oops, there it happens. You've got some examples too. I think of some customers or clients that you've worked with, Kyle, that didn't expect it to happen to them. Yeah. Um, the, the first one I want to share is really a vendor. Uh, so this, this is a vendor that we utilized for a particular service. Uh, the company's name is TravelX. Uh, right at the beginning of the year, they got um, hit with uh, ransomware, and it it took them took them down. And in what TravelX is, it's uh, for foreign currency and in orders like that. So, like if you needed to get some foreign currency to travel abroad, um, we use this vendor to help us with with acquiring um, you know that kind of uh, currency mm-hmm. and. You know, they had to shut their operation down, um, which, you know, thankfully from from Mercantile standpoint, we we don't get a whole lot of requests like that. So it wasn't a major outage issue for us uh, and a major customer service issue, but it, it did have impact. But what was the impact to TravelX and all that? And they ended up choosing to pay the 2.3 million ransom uh, in Bitcoin. Yeah, imagine that two point three million dollars. Wow. But it doesn't stop there. Um, in recent reports that I just read here, um, SC Media is reporting that TravelX has gone into administration. It's a UK-based company, so it is the equivalent of bankruptcy, is what that really means. And they've had to cut over thirteen hundred jobs just to try to save the company. So, yeah. it, it, so that's it, a grand example of how things can go really wrong really fast. Yeah. And that um, is frightening. You know, so that one is is pretty doom and gloom. And, and just to give you some, um, you know, also some breadth of, you know, you talk about your own business uh, being, you know, the type of company that you are, you know, you got this big uh, international company. Uh, Unified Natural Gas uh, facility was shut down by ransomware for two days, according to the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency report. And they didn't report any financial results uh, as far as that. Uh, but mm-hmm. you imagine shutting down a business for, for two days, um, especially something that's, you know, like natural gas, you know, right. there has to be a dollar figure <laughs> you know, associated with that. Right. Um, but even... Right. Even colleges, um, you know, hitting a little bit home here more in Michigan, Michigan State University around Memorial Day was hit with a, a ransomware called NetWalker, and it seems to be a, a pretty focused uh, ransomware on on the uh, educational space. Um, but after consulting with, um, you know, authorities, they chose not to pay, but it yeah. did impact the systems around the Department of Physics and Astronomy. So, um uh, but you know, they it's they got were a significant in a impact. Yeah, I mean, regardless of the size of the organization you are, or really the business that you're in, it's gonna ha- it, it can happen to you. So don't think that it can't. How does it? How does ransomware typically get onto a network? So that's a great question, um, and I'm sure everybody's just itching to know. 
Right. Uh, there are a number of attack vectors, and you know, as you talked about, you're on the web. Um, but typically, probably more often, the most common delivery system is a phishing email. We talked about mm. that in our last segment. Um, That's right. For other did. purposes, email continues to be really the number one attack vector for most all things bad, and and no no stranger to uh, how you get ransomware because you know all it takes is attachments that come to a victim in an email masquerading as a file that um that they are convinced they should trust and once they download and open it uh and the victim's uh, computer is taken over especially if they have uh, some built-in social engineering tools that trick the user to you know allowing administrative access but there's some you know, as you found too, that there's other ones that are a little bit more aggressive forms of ransomware, uh, like NotPetya, and uh, that exploits security holes uh, to infect computers without needing to trick users. So mm -hmm. um, it can happen, you know, multiple ways. But email is, you know, definitely the front runner with how one of the primary. They click on uh, a link, or they, you know, to go to a website, or they, you know download and, and open a, an attachment. Yeah. So now the impact to the business is what, Kyle? I mean, it, it's going to go in and, and grab what kind of data and what does it, does it lock up everything? Does it lock up part of things? I mean, my experience was I was locked out of everything. Yeah. So it, it's exactly that. It's looking for the files that are of use to you uh, in your business. And it, it just starts locking it all up. The more they can lock up, the, the more chance that they're going to get you to pay. Um, and so, you know, what is the impact to your business? Um, you know, as, as some of those examples that, you know, we went through and, and talked about a little bit already, you know, what if your entire business was shut down for two days? How painful would that be? Uh, yeah. What kind of customer service impact? What kind of dollars could you put to, you know, if you're a business that, uh, you know, stamped out some sort of parts or, or, you know, have some sort of product that you're producing and all those machines for were a part of the attack, and, and so you couldn't you couldn't fulfill the orders, you couldn't do the things that you needed to do. That disruption to your business has uh, a major cost, um, sure as well yeah. as you know, which could be in addition to um, if you didn't have pro the proper things in place to where you maybe chose to pay the ransom uh, to unlock your system so that you could get back to business as usual. Right. Um, but we are right. interesting. You said something uh, about the, um, you know, data loss and we're seeing more and more now along with not just locking up your data is the theft of data. Um, mm. And so they try to prove that, you know, hey, we have this. We've got access into your system. We've locked it up. But if you don't pay us, we're going to start releasing this information. So. Oh, it's just yeah, one, almost like a blackmail kind of a thing. Yeah, one more, one more tactic, right? Right, right. So how can a business really protect itself from being victimized by this? What do you recommend, Kyle? Well, there's a there's a, a layered approach, but, you know, here I would like to really tell it out and really call out um, backups. If you have the ability to restore that information, um, you're light years ahead of being able to say, um, I don't have a need to pay the ransom. I, I think more often than not, uh, when organizations are faced uh, with paying or, or not paying, really the question they're asking themselves is, is how do I get my, my business back into operation? 
And if, and if you don't have good backups to be able to uh, get you back up and going, you, you might be backed into a corner there. And, and I think that's a lot of what uh, the adversaries are finding is that uh, either A, people don't have good backups or they're, they're able to, with their tools, have found a way to make sure that they encrypt the backups before they encrypt the stuff that make, brings it to your attention that, hey, I just got hit with ransomware. So that's where this whole um, uh, idea of three, two, one rule when it comes to backups, create three backup copies, two of them on different media and one uh, backup that's in a totally separate location. Even I'll put air quotes, air gapped, right? So, uh, you know, whether that's necessarily uh, disk to disk or disk to tape, and tape goes off site and, and is held on to, at least you got a point in time that you can get back to. And it's not something that they can electronically uh, encrypt on you. Right. You know, because so often we do real-time backups across the, the network for some organizations. It's just, you know, constantly happening. And next thing you know, that gets uh, ruined as part of their their ransom, the malware, right? But you got to have that air-gapped uh, measure. And then I just need to add this little additional tidbit. You need to test and, and make sure your backups are good and are working. Um, right. That's another way where companies had thought they had good backups. And then when they went to their backups, they found out that for some reason it hadn't been working correctly. So not that it was encrypted. It's just it wasn't it wasn't working. Um, right. So you didn't, didn't have any good data. They and, didn't have what they thought they had. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, How well, awful. Right, it is, I, and I totally get that. And and my experience was, we use a third party service provider, IT service provider, and that's exactly what we did. My, you know, my first call to them was, okay, we've got your backups. What did you work on between this time and this time since right. the last backup? That was, we're gonna we're gonna lose that, but we can restore everything going back to point X. And I said, great, let's do it. And away we went. Uh, right. So we were fortunate and those backups were protected and they were safe. But I, that, that was exactly what saved us in the end. So what if you don't have a backup? If you're that business that you don't have a backup or you have a malfunction, so your only option is kind of to pay the ransom then is what you're saying. Uh, it may seem that way. But, you know, that's, that's one of those things that I think you need to, as an organization, start discussing now, like, as much as you can of like, would you pay or not pay? Um, it, it at least start having that dialogue so that you're not mm -hmm. having it for the first time yeah. uh, in the middle of, you know, a ransom like that in right. the middle of the event. Uh, another thing to consider too is cyber insurance coverage. Uh, more and more businesses are getting this and, you know, your insurance company might actually help you make that decision. Uh, you know, it may be in their best interest to say, yeah, let's pay it versus, the costs of trying to get your business up and running, but it, it, it's, it's a personal business decision. Um, the authorities would, would like to tell you to not pay it uh, because by people paying it, that continues to uh, fund the bad actors pockets and right. to give them another day to, to go out and do this to somebody else. But again, it still really comes down to, a business decision. It, it's right. your, your decision to make. And, and there's people who will try to help you, you know, make that decision. Um, so you're, you're, you're not going to be alone, but it's, it's your decision at the end of the day. Right. Well, 
I'm sure all of us as business leaders would prefer not to have to incur these kind of costs to running our business. So what we'd all prefer to do is to reduce the chances of ever being hit with right. ransomware by, by putting the right things in place right away. So you've talked about making sure you've got those backups in and secure, but you also have some other ideas, I think, Kyle, about what you can do to sort of reduce your chances of being hit by ransomware. Right. Give us some of your thoughts on that too, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I alluded to a little bit earlier, um, is that there's there's multiple things. It's it's a layered approach, and, and some of those other layers is you know when you think about the phishing aspect of it, you know how do you combat that? And and that's really end user training, you know, yeah. making sure that people are avoiding opening uh, unverified emails or clicking links or you know opening those attachments. We we really need to be suspicious of emails. And in this day and age, as our last uh, conversation we had was around business email compromise, you you really need to even think about. Uh, if you're getting an email from somebody and it truly is from their email, from their sure. inbox, it's not a spoof, you know, fake, fake you out kind of thing. Um, because uh, people's uh, emails are getting compromised, their systems are getting compromised, or at least their account is. And, and so they're sending the email truly from that email inbox. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you just got to really be suspicious these days. And if it's not something that you're expecting, you know, pick up the phone and call. Um, right. Another one would be, uh, you know, as we talked about with uh, some of the cases where uh, it, it takes advantage of, of um, vulnerabilities, you know, yeah. so it doesn't require an end user action, you know, to grant them that uh, it, it's taken advantage of a vulnerability. And those vulnerabilities are patched or, or are fixed on a regular basis by software companies. And and so you need to make sure that you're regularly updating software and programs and applications to make sure they're patched. And, you know, I just say patch, patch, patch. Right. It's, Good tip. It's not a finish line. There never will be a finish line. Every, right. every month, Microsoft releases new patches. Every third party, every type of company you can think of that has uh, either an operating system or an application uh, is releasing patches. And that's true of your cell phones uh, as well as... Uh, your computer. I mean, any device right. you can think of has, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Right. And, and, Good tips. There really is a whole list. I mean, I can keep going if you want. Yeah, no, these are good. These are good. And I think, you know, we can tell our listeners that, Hey, if they've got further questions about ransomware and cybersecurity and want to pick your brain a little bit, I know you'd be glad to talk with them, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, Definitely feel that way because we're all in it together. But yeah. just a few other ones that I'd like to just kind of rifle through um, is, you know, along with that whole patch management uh, and patching uh, is to make sure that you are using a tool. Uh, there's multiple ones out there to do vulnerability assessments on yourself, right? And, and so what yeah. these tools are designed to do is they go and check all your systems that are uh, connected to your network. Uh, which, you know, you have a lot of things, Internet of Things, uh, your your um, printers, you know, computers, yes, uh, time clocks might be on there. I mean, there's just a slew of things that might be on your network. And this type of system goes out and just looks for, is there any missing patches? Is there any vulnerabilities? And it will give you some sort of idea of like which ones are the more important than others to patch from a risk standpoint. But it also helps ensure that you know, what you think you patched did actually truly get 
patched with that uh, with that new software. And so right. it's, it's a healthy check and balance. Um, endpoint protection tools are, you know, I'm not talking about your traditional uh, malware uh, antivirus tools from back in 1997 or two, early 2000s. You know, the endpoint tools, protection tools have really uh, advanced and, and they look for even, you know, just behaviors more than, than just, you know, if, if I see this hash of this file, then that's a known bad thing. I mean, that's all still there, but the more importantly, it's looking at the behavior of things, actions that are going on on your systems. And, and so that's why you really need to make sure you got a good endpoint protection tool. Right. And, and right. Next, Great tip. The next three are really around, um, what I would call either network or user segmentation. And so, you know, if you segment your network with, if every computer on your network doesn't need to talk to every other computer, mm-hmm. that's, that's really making sure that if, if computer A gets compromised and it never needs to talk to computer B or server B, um, you know, then don't allow it to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that will protect you from, you know, having your data just all get, you know, locked up because the other computer would have to get compromised somehow, right? And right. You, you can do the same thing with data, um, segmentation of your data. You know, who has the ability based on their login to get to what data? Does everybody need to get to everything or just maybe the specific files for their job? Um, so you can, you can segment in that way too. It's, you know, considered least privilege, right? Right. And then yeah. that, that even goes on to, your access control. So the logical controls of when you log in, you can have power users. So like your admins um, in, in a, an admin and administrator on the network can also be uh, just as bad as a local admin, you know? So like back in the old days, when we all bought our home computers, you were by default, a local admin on your computer, which was great for installing software, but it also is great for malware to get installed. Sure. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. So, it would be you know, making sure that you're not doing that, especially within a business setting is that none of your users should be uh, an admin of power user of any type. If you can help it. I mean, it should right. be you and far between that have that kind of capability. A user account should just be a general I can get on the network and here's where I can go and, and you're limited by the other things I mentioned. So Excellent those point. are all different kind of layers that can help uh, protect and prevent and make it a whole lot harder for uh, the malware. If, if you did get it to, you know, start doing its business um, across your network and locking everything up. Right. Right. And in the end, that's what we want to do. We, we want to protect our, our friends that are listening today and, and give them great tools and tips for how to protect their businesses against these random attacks because they're not fun when you get them. And, and we know what the cost is. And we so appreciate you sharing these great tips and insights about how to keep our uh, system safe, Kyle. Really, I'm sure, as I, I mentioned, I'm sure that there are listeners that may want to reach out to you with additional questions or pick your brain a little bit. Um, so what's the best way to contact you, Kyle, if they want to follow up with you with a question? You know, I think um, just reaching out via the, the bank uh, phone number is the best. You can ask for me and uh, they'll they'll send you over. If you get my voicemail, leave a voicemail. Happy to have uh, further conversation if I can help in any way. And I think just in closing, um, you know, as I said, like with most everything uh, in cybersecurity, there is no silver bullet. 
Yeah. Um, and so guarding your business against ransomware is really a multi-layer approach. We just went through a lot of those and how many of those layers you implement and how dil how diligent you are in maintaining those layers is really what's going to be key in protecting yourself, not only from a ransomware situation, but a host of many other um, situations that can come from um, from the bad actors. They're, they're yeah. constantly poking at you. Yeah, great point, Kyle. Thank you. Thanks for that wrap up. And thanks again for all of your insight. Again, we've been with Kyle Cunnan, the Information Security Officer at Mercantile Bank of Michigan. So glad to have you here with us on our podcast with the Family Business Alliance in Grand Rapids. Thanks again, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.